at uh, Wings Pizza and Things as he gets ready for the Scott Stewart Show that's coming up tonight at 6 p.m. over on our sister station, Fox Sports Central Texas. All right, let's uh, let's talk about the, the big game coming up Saturday in uh, in Dallas. And uh, we're joined now by the voice of the Texas Longhorns, our good friend Craig Way. Craig, good afternoon. How are you? Uh, great, Tommy. How are you? Uh, could not be better. And I did not realize this, but this is the 93rd consecutive meeting between Texas and OU played in Big D. Yeah, you know, um, they, they've, they've had an interesting past. They've actually played it in, uh, played it briefly uh, in Oklahoma City. They played it in Austin. They played it in Houston. Uh, played it in San Antonio one year uh, in the early days. Then they played it on the old fairgrounds, uh, on the old state uh, fair of Texas fairgrounds, and, and played it there uh, before the old stadium burned down. It was an old wooden grandstand, and it burned down like, I want to say, in the late 20s, maybe 29, somewhere around there. So it was, it was right around that time, and the old place burned down. Well, after it burned down, of course, then they built what is the current Cotton Bowl, at least the physical plan of it. They called it Fair Park Stadium, and it was just the single oval bowl. But when Doak Walker had his big years, that's when they double-decked it, and it became known as the house that Doak built and all that. And then, uh, So they played it consecutively there since 1929, and uh, it's been uh, – it's it's quite the spectacle, as you know, there on the, the State Fair of Texas, there the fairgrounds and everything. It's 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 a special day. For for you as as a broadcaster, how different is this this football game? It's different in that um, you know that that visual spectacle that you don't see anywhere else. That business where you see uh, you know the the stadium that's half in burnt orange and half in crimson red, and it's just. It's just different. It's just, you know, and it's split exactly down the middle. So it looks, you know, it, it, and I mean, it, it is right at the middle of the 50-yard line. Oh, there's a smattering of, of red in that north end zone area and a smattering of burnt orange toward the south end. But it's pretty much all crimson wrapped around from the 50-yard line going toward the south end zone and the tunnel wrapping around uh, on the east side of the stadium and then burnt orange all the way back around. It, it stayed true to it. I always used to say, Tom, that if I wasn't broadcasting the game and uh, this will be uh, my uh, – I've only missed one in, uh, in uh, 30 years or 30 games, and that was when my wife passed away five years ago. But other than that, I haven't missed one uh, since going continuously in 1991 – and I always said that if I wasn't broadcasting the game, I would want to sit at least once right on the 50-yard line, on that <laughs> dividing line between the crimson red and the burnt orange, just to hear the conversations that go on back and forth. Are, are you sure you want to hear the conversations? Well, I've got you know what? If I went in those cases, I'd probably have to wear neutral colors because uh, you know it might invite some trouble. But but I like to, I think I might like to experience if I wasn't working the game. But I'm quite happy being where I am up in the broadcast booth. It's it's much safer up there. Craig, for the Texas Longhorns over the past couple of weeks, the difference in the offense is it, in your opinion, the scheme of things, or is this a personnel difference that's got them off and running? I, it's quite simply put, uh, the better offensive line play uh, against Arkansas. They got moved off the ball, and, and the Razorback defense just kind of bullied them a bit. 
and uh, they played better with the offensive front. They've done better in their zone blocking schemes. The run blocking has been better. Now, I will tell you this. Having said that, you know, they, they lost uh, their fifth-year senior left guard, Denzel Okafor, last week to a leg injury in the TCU game. He's done for the year, and so what they had to do on the fly was to take a redshirt freshman, Andre Carrick, who's got a lot of promise uh, and, and is very talented, although I think it was one of the Longhorn players said, you know what? Andre's going to be really good when he knows where he's going. And football coaches will understand that with regard to the offensive line. But they moved him in to right tackle. And Derek Kerstetter, who's really been their Swiss Army knife for the, on the offensive line for all five years of his collegiate career, he's played all five positions. He moved from right tackle to left guard. And that's about as big a polarity change as you can have on the offensive line but he's a fifth-year senior and a veteran, and he understands it and went right into it. And uh, so it held up pretty well. But I will tell you, they're, they're thin there. They're not real deep, and, and, and what depth they do have behind the starters is young. So if you ask me what I think one of the critical keys to the game Saturday is going to be, it's how that offensive line performs against that stellar Oklahoma defensive front. I mean, thinking of Christian Jones, uh, the left tackle for Texas, lining up against Nick Benito, uh, it can it can you know make some Longhorn fans nervous, I would imagine. And they don't, he doesn't even have to have an all-world game, but if he can kind of hold his own a little bit, um, you know, I think I think the Longhorns may be able to have a good game because B. John Robinson doesn't need a ton of space to be able to get you know squiggle through and and get some big yardage, but he does have to have some working room. Craig, you mentioned the offensive line, and you mentioned Robinson. Of course, he's he's been there all along. So, with Casey Thompson at quarterback, does this does this offense have a different feel? I mean, can you can you visually, or, or do you have a feel that this is a different offensive unit with him at quarterback? Uh, it, it it has kind of grown on that, Tom, and I think we saw it more in the Texas Tech game. Uh, Casey did not have his best game against TCU for sure, but Bijan more than made up for it with 216 yards on 35 carries. Uh, you know, so uh, the Casey, I think, infused a spark in the team. He's a very affable, likable guy who's who. Uh, it's kind of one of those natural leaders that guys enjoy being around and following. So I think he's given them that kind of a spark. Hudson Card is an extremely talented young man, and I think he still can wind up being a really fine quarterback. But he's still learning a lot of the finer points, I think, of leadership. He's not a, a real outspoken guy. You know, a quarterback, you need to have uh, a guy who can, can lead you verbally as well as by action on the field. I think he's still learning those things. And, and Casey's still learning it, too. I mean, after all, the Rice game was just his first start. I mean, he's going to be starting his fourth collegiate game on Saturday. So it's been a learning curve for him, and, and it's been a fascinating week, Tom, because everybody knows his story about he's the son of Charles Thompson, the former Oklahoma quarterback. He grew up in Newcastle, Oklahoma, about 20 minutes from Norman, but he wanted to follow his own path, and he picked Texas. So it's it's been an, an interesting story to follow this week. For this Longhorn defense going against Spencer Rattler, he's had his problems throughout the season, Craig, but is it important for this Longhorn defense to maybe try to get in his kitchen early in the game and, and try to stay there? I really do think that's the case for it. I think, I think they need to do that because it's not, you know, with, with some of the inefficiency at times that Oklahoma has had offensively, very little of it actually 
falls on Spencer Rattler's shoulders. He's completing 76% of his passes. He was 22 of 25 a week ago. It's less on him and more, again, we talk about offensive line. The O-line hasn't performed quite the way they wanted to, and that's limited the running game, which everybody was very excited about. Eric Gray, the transfer from Tennessee, and Kennedy Brooks, the youngest man from Mansfield. I think, I think folks expected big things from that running game, and it hasn't completely materialized yet, in, in part because the offensive line hasn't stepped up. Rattler's made a few mistakes, but, but by and large, it hasn't been his fault. And so I, I think the offensive line's performance will be key if the Longhorns can get a good pass rush. And those interior defensive linemen for Texas, Keandre Coburn, Amoro Ojimo, Tavondre Sweat, those guys that rotate in the interior part of the defensive line, plus getting the outside rush from Jacoby Jones at a big game and had a sack last week. Ray Thornton on the other side. Ovia Gofu will spin down from his linebacker to the defensive front. They'll, they'll alternate. They'll give a four-man look. They'll go 3-3-5 stack. They'll even occasionally spin a Gofu down and do kind of a 4-2-5 look, kind of like what TCU runs. So they'll throw uh, several different looks at him and blitzes as well. And that's where Anthony Cook, the, the fifth defensive back, the star back, as they call him, has to come off the edge and really make a difference if, he's, if they're going to send him on blitzes. He got to Max Duggan, hit him really hard last week, caused a fumble, and he recovered. So they've got to be able to get that kind of pressure, I think, on Rattler to get the Oklahoma offense off stride. Craig, and I know we got to let you go. We, we've just got a couple of minutes as well. But I wanted to get your thoughts here. Uh, obviously, everybody recognizes the, the rivalry, Texas and Oklahoma, Fair Park, the whole nine yards. But now that it that it's both Texas and Oklahoma are making the transition to, to the SEC, and we don't know when, but w- with that in mind, do you think this game may have a different texture to it, a different feel as, as the game gets going? Because once the game is played, I mean, once they're playing football, it's football. But, I mean, leading up to it, uh, the pageantry of it, does it, could it possibly have a different feel, you think? You know, it's the second year in a row. It's a valid question for a different reason. Last year was because he had 25% capacity. And I heard Lincoln Riley say this as well, that it was weird before the game. It's all strange. He said, and then once the game kicked off, the game was going. And uh, I don't know that there'll be much in the way of, SEC-related conversation. There's been a lot of jokes this week about how, uh, uh, you know, there's there's always screaming and yelling on every single play in the Texas OU game because either the Texas fans are happy and yelling or the Oklahoma fans are happy. So there's always yelling going on, and there's been these jokes going around that all 92,000 in unison will start chanting SEC. I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't think that's happening. These two teams have enough dislike for one another that they'll get after one another without any future conference affiliation being invoked into the conversation. Craig, as always, it is a pleasure. We appreciate your time. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, looking forward to it, Todd. Thanks. See you.